going to be speaking to founding member and secretary of SIF, Mr. Hemant Joshi, and longtime volunteer at SIF, Mr. Mahesh Bani. Safe Indian Farmers is a nonprofit organization that promotes identification and analysis of important issues affecting farmers, raises awareness about farmer suicides, helps the families of the victims by funding sustainable means of livelihood, and works on projects that will help farmers build and progress in traditional or newer methods of farming and information. Please welcome Mr. Mahesh Wani and Mr. Hamid Joshi, who will be speaking about how the water crisis in particular has negatively impacted these farmers and their families, and how it has left a lasting impact on our global community. Hi, Hamid Uncle and Mahesh Uncle, how are you? Doing good. Hi, Karina. It's good to be here. We are excited to be part of your podcast series, and uh, we are very uh, interested and uh, hoping to talk about a very important issue for the farmers, not just in India, but also worldwide are facing. Thank you, Karina, for having us. And uh, I am also looking forward to this conversation. That's great. And I'm super excited to be speaking with you as well and gain your perspective on this major issue. But before we get started, I would love for you to introduce yourselves. Let me, let me start. So uh, my name is Heman Joshi. And uh, I am one of the founders and also volunteer for Save Indian Farmers. The idea for the organization came about through a lot of uh, news stories that were coming out with about farmer suicides. Uh, that was more than 10 years ago. And uh, being based out of US, uh, there was a desire to do something about it. But the question was, what can we do and how can we get people aware, make people aware of what is going on? Uh, and with that thought, the organization was formed. A few of us got together and we thought that it would be a good platform for us to discuss uh, together what we can do to help India's farmer community. And uh, over the years, we have not only taken on projects, uh, that address a lot of issues for farmers, but we also make efforts to raise awareness about those issues, uh, not just within India, but also in international media. So my name is Mahesh Wani. As you said, I'm a volunteer with uh, Save Indian Farmers. Uh, as a day job, I actually work uh, for an investment bank in New York City called Credit Suisse. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm actually very passionate about uh, giving back to the community. So. I've been uh, involved in uh, this organization for the last uh, six or seven years now. So farmer suicides is a very niche issue, and many people don't necessarily know about this issue, uh, especially those who don't have to worry about getting produce on a daily basis or don't need to worry about you know, getting a meal whenever they so please. So my very first question for you is, what is the farmer suicide issue and how is Save Indian Farmers contributing towards mitigating this issue? So I'll give you my take on it. Uh, let me uh, make a disclosure. I don't claim to be the expert. I don't think I know all the details, uh, but I have tried to study this subject as much as possible. I have read as much as I could, and I have uh, tried to keep open mind to learn about this. So I'll share what I have learned. Uh, agrarian crisis, that's the term used uh, quite often. And frankly, it is a term not used outside media and some scientists uh, to publish papers on this issue. 
but agrarian crisis is not just about what farmers are facing but how the entire village ecosystem in india is collapsing or has collapsed to some extent right so think of it in this way if a farmer does not do well uh, there are two impacts that we should definitely take into account one is if the farmer does not do well he probably is not going to get his house uh, remodeling done he's not going to probably get that extra room added or get that extra furniture that he was looking for what does that mean the construction workers in that village get less opportunities to earn their living the carpenters of that village will have an impact of a farmer making less money on their crop the weavers are in that village will be able to sell less clothes right so all these things are interconnected that's what agrarian crisis actually is pointing to the other aspect of agrarian crisis is when the farmer in a village somewhere remote that you don't even see is not successful in producing the crop that he or she was trying to produce with a lot of hard work and some cost for seeds and fertilizers and all what does that mean for a person who is doing a job in a city that means higher food prices for them because there is going to be food shortage and that will directly reflect in terms of uh, the country either importing those produce from outside or somewhere else there is be transport transportation cost and essentially higher food prices are direct result of inability of our farmers in india to produce crops that they want to produce themselves so this is first part of the conversation that we should be having the second part is actually the effect of that so when a farmer commits suicide there are two things that i keep in mind one is nobody wants to take this ultimate step so the issue is not why uh did they do this particular act of committing a suicide instead of asking for help because it depends on a person's uh, individual personality on whether they get timely help or not but the real issue that we should be looking at is what is driving them towards this helplessness where they think there is no other way out than to let go of precious life right for every farmer that commits suicide we shouldn't we just focused on the farmer who lost his life but also mother that he leaves behind without a son wife that he leaves behind as a widow children that he leaves behind as orphans or at least with only one parent to take care of them it makes things much harder for rest of the family now that the person is gone it actually did not make anything easier so the idea is to actually create an environment where we are able to help the farmer not take this ultimate step but actually seek guidance seek help much much before that okay so saving and farmers uh, to kind of give you uh, the act, the last part of the answer uh, to your question saving and farmers is primarily focused on making doing projects and making a positive change in farmers life okay what does every farmer want what pretty much every human being on the planet wants they want their teeth to be white they want their eyes to be clean and they want their children to do better than them simple if you keep that one thing in mind then everybody 
that either eats food or grows food should care for what the issue is. And that's what Save Indian Farmers is trying to focus on. I think Heyman covered it really well. Uh, just a few things that, I mean, if you go to our website, you will be able to see all the different ways that we try to make a difference. We have those six initiatives and then part of each of those initiatives, we have several projects. And then how each of those projects actually makes a positive impact, you, you will be able to see if you read through those stories. So, uh, I mean, in line with our uh, vision that we don't want farmers to commit suicides or be in that distress situation. We have all these initiatives and projects that are ongoing. Wow. So clearly this issue is a domino effect. And to some extent, many people may not realize this, but it is affecting us. And it's really inspiring the work that SIF is doing. And it puts into perspective the impact that water has on so many people and so many aspects of our life and society in general. I mean, it's an essential resource for a fulfilled life. And many people think the role water plays in a human's life is just as a fundamental need. But I'd like to add in addition to that, water also has a huge role um, and is connected to one's financial well-being, which is something that I personally find quite interesting. So segueing into that, could you talk about how the water crisis in Jura in particular has affected the lives of these farmers and their families? And maybe even at a fundamental level, what role does water play in these people's lives? Let me, let me start uh, exploring that question. Uh, you would get probably much more detailed answer from Mahesh. Uh, he is the resident expert in this field. We have projects that he's overseeing and managing. So it will give you a much better perspective at depth. But I'll give you a high-level view of things. So when we talk about water in terms of uh, agriculture, there are, there are three things that we need to keep in mind. First and foremost, changing weather conditions and global warming. We hear about it, but what does that mean? It means two things for India's farmers. Actually, this is pretty much true globally, but it means two things for India's farmers. One is uh, lack of predictability of rainfall and less dependence on rain-fed cropping. Lack of predictability is because uh, monsoon, which was much more predictable earlier because of global warming, has shifted those patterns, and we are still trying to understand this. The lack of predictability also creates problem because India's farming is primarily rain-fed. What that means is the monsoon months is when India's most uh, major crops are grown. So if that pattern gets disturbed, it actually affects us in terms of uh, produce, in terms of GDP, in terms of uh, all other details uh, that are dependent on uh, agricultural economy. So this is point number one, global warming. The second one is water conservation is a very important aspect of agriculture that has been overlooked for many, many years by global farmers. Okay, Until there is water shortage that they are facing, they do not realize it. It's like having a bank account with infinite money in it and you're never checking uh, how much money you have. So a day comes when you overdraw right? more than what you have. And we all know how it works in the financial system. And that's pretty much how it works for farmers, that what they want to grow, they are not able to provide sufficient amount of water that those crops need. And that 
is a big change in the way they have been farming because they have not thought about conserving water when it falls from the sky and uh, that's point number 2 the third and last point is that okay uh, global warming is something that we acknowledge we also acknowledge water conservation and we should conserve water but have the farmers also taken into account what crops are we growing and how water sensitive are those crops one is to conserve water but the other side of that coin is to actually understand which crops i can grow in the amount of water i am actually able to conserve if again you are able to take a crop uh, twice a year which takes so much amount of water that you will not be able to last more than two or three years should you be considering that as a sustainable crop not really so that thought process needs to be developed among farmers to not just conserve water but also consider the crops that they are taking there are two different projects which are both part of water conservation effort uh, project jal you will talk about that with uh, mahesh but also the efforts that we do with pani foundation in order to make farmers aware of what crops they are taking and how water sensitive are those crops but but that's the high level problem uh, we should definitely deep dive with how it impacts financially uh, farmers and uh, what are we doing about it over to you mahesh sure just one thing i would like to add the fundamental i mean fundamentally water is life right so basically it doesn't matter where you are on this earth if you are a living organism you need water so and as himan pointed out the uh, uh, basically the changing weather patterns have impacted each and every one of us and we sometimes uh, some of us don't agree with that but it has and it has adversely impacted the small and marginal farmers uh, more because because of their dependence on water for uh, agriculture right and basically that's how i mean that's why that is one of our focus areas water and water conservation and awareness about uh, water usage and the cropping patterns and all So clearly the outright effects of this lack of water on our farmers lives is really shocking and if we're losing the very people who are responsible for growing the food that eventually lands up on our tables then there's no doubt that this crisis is bigger much bigger than we think and the water crisis isn't just restricted to not having clean drinking water there are various humanitarian crises that have resulted from this global issue so i know sevinian farmers is working on an initiative named project jell which focuses on this topic of drought so can you explain what this project is and how sif is focusing on this water scarcity issue sure so um, basically as, as we said right uh, the climate change and the changing weather weather patterns are adversely impacting the small and marginal farmers not just in india but any uh, developing economy right so uh, what does that mean so basically the farmers need three basic uh, inputs right one is the land the second is the water and the third is uh, i mean a mix of the seeds fertilizers pesticides manual labor and all that now land we assume they have a piece of land even if it's like a half acre or even smaller than that they have access to land 
now the quality of the land or the quality of the soil itself that's that's one of the issues but then fundamentally if there is no water there is no agriculture without water i mean you you cannot actually cultivate any crops right so that is one of the inputs that uh, they take it for granted as himan said and they they don't realize uh, basically the effect of not having access to it or the effect of it being excess so that is another thing that we have seen in recent times right it's not always drought now it's flooding so in the past uh, two years there has been massive floods all across um, india and that has now been the new challenge that uh, once when they didn't have access to water they were uh, losing their crops and now it's the floods that because of which they are losing the crops so to come back to project jal so project jal is basically um, two or three things right so what what we do is uh, the water conservation aspect of it is the focus so basically uh, getting access or having access to water when they need it is uh, extremely important and then there is a set of different techniques that we do that that we do as part of our various projects that actually help them conserve this water but project jal goes way beyond that right so what what it does is it also educates them so it will make them aware that okay uh, water is not your individual problem water is your community problem as when you realize that you don't have access to water or your neighbor has access to some water uh, let's not think of it that way your water table belongs to the community the water table doesn't belong to an individual farmer right so you have to plan for it you have to be aware that uh, everyone will be in a crisis it's not like one person has access and the other one does not it's it's just a matter of time when everybody will not have access to it right so they they have to come together as a community they have to um, be aware of what these issues are how water conservation is actually uh, required or important then use one or more of these techniques to get that water conservation aspect going and then go beyond that once they have access to like sustainable source of water then how do they plan the usage of this water what crops should they grow when should they grow it what kind of seeds should they use what kind of uh, uh, cropping patterns should they follow how how do they as a community manage these water uh, resources uh, that they have so that that's what project jal is so it's it's about educating them it's about hand holding them and then it's about uh, making them aware and um, getting them access to a sustainable source of water not just at an individual level but at a community level so could you talk a little bit about how exactly um you are enabling these farmers to preserve and collect all this water i know on your website i read that you know you um also help to recharge bore wells so could you maybe dive a little bit deeper into that absolutely absolutely so we we can go through some of the projects or some of the techniques uh, but as you rightly pointed out uh, bore wells right so that that's like the the go to uh, mechanism for all these farmers today if you go to any and every farmer 
they will actually have access to a open well or a bore well on their farm they will invest money to basically drill a bore well uh, they can invest anywhere from 10000 rupees to 1 lakh rupees depending on the depth and uh, all the different things they they want in that bore well and uh, they the bore that that itself they will borrow money for this especially the small and marginal farmers they will borrow money to drill bore wells the bore wells may or may not yield any water or they may yield water for a year and they, they will go dry so their their what they will do is they will end up drilling another bore well saying okay if the water is not here then water is probably there and they keep investing money and they keep drilling this bore wells the bore wells will work for them for a few days sometimes a few months sometimes a few years but then eventually they will go dry because as himan pointed out before you are always uh, taking water for granted and you are withdrawing it all the time right you are saying okay there is infinite amount of water i have so i'll just keep drawing it and then once fine day you will realize that it is overdrawn there is no more water to draw and as himant also pointed out before rain is not a reliable means of water anymore right which is why they have now uh, they are now seeking open wells and ponds and bore uh, wells and all these other means so one of the things that we found out uh, through our surveys is each and every farmer has access to one or more bore wells on their farms and many of these bore wells have run dry because the water table that uh, they draw water from is empty it's dry so they uh, we we come up uh, we were working with various partners who actually have these unique techniques to recharge these bore wells what that means is we will uh, take water from uh, rain or from other uh, means uh, like water bodies and stuff like that and then we'll draw that water into a farm pond so we'll we'll dig a farm pond there the water will be uh, stored in that farm pond and through a proper filtration mechanism we will put that water back through the borewell pipe into the water table so it is there for safe keeping and it can be used in times when they really need it so that that is uh, uh, one of the techniques so borewell recharge is one of the techniques and it, it's very popular and it's yielding really good results uh, but then uh, there there are many other uh, techniques and uh, projects that we do in uh, for water conservation if you want we can go into more details on those as well for sure definitely yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, the one other thing that we do as him pointed out was we work or we collaborate with pani foundation so pani foundation is an organization founded by uh, the famous bollywood actor amir khan and mr satyajit bhatkar who is the ceo of that we collaborate very closely with them and we work with uh, various partner organizations in india uh, to participate in this uh, pani foundation water cup as they call it it's a competition where villagers come together they come up with a plan to become um, i mean basically uh, water uh, abundant that that's what uh, they their plan is and then they will uh, come up with a uh, they'll, they'll basically do a scientific survey and say these are the five or six or seven things we need to do in the village so that we can become water abundant um, and then those those techniques could be um, um, 
basically digging uh, wells or not digging wells but um, digging them deeper for instance they could create soap pits they could create farm ponds they could actually remove silt uh, from existing water bodies so that the storage capacity increases they could deepen um, canals and uh, uh, lakes or not lakes really but the small um, uh, ponds and the streams and uh, th- there are there are many other scientific techniques but they this they do as a village or as a community they come together they plan they execute and as part of um, the competition save indian farmers will actually help them in a couple of different ways first spreading awareness that this is important second educating and handholding them and then funding the uh, procurement of the heavy equipment like the jcbs and the pokeling machines and all those things that they need for digging the uh, excavating the soil and stuff like that that is what we actually help them with we 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 do provide them uh, with uh, these machines and we provide them with the the diesel for these machines so that's how we participate karina if i can add to uh, a very detailed uh, approach that mahesh talked about uh, so it sounds very elaborative uh, it is and it is uh, mahesh also explained the details of the plan and how we execute it but as a as somebody who knows less about this when i was visiting some of these areas i actually saw the impact of what mahesh is talking about right uh, because it's also important to uh, understand what the approach is and how we are executing something how does that change uh, the landscape of a village i want to give you example of a village called palaskeda Palaskeda is in the Bid district of Maharashtra and they are they are supposed to have decent amount of rainfall but for 65 years that village was dependent on water tankers even for drinking water from the months of March April May up to June when the monsoon season starts in India so for four months the entire village needs a water tanker come to their village every week there would be fights over water even for drinking water forget water for agriculture that was the situation of that village in india for 65 years okay about 5 years ago 5 6 years ago with their small efforts that started by named uh, by a person named balu guruji he was a local school teacher fourth standard teacher uh, from that village he started getting the entire community entire village together irrespective of caste creed occupation political affiliation any of religion any of those things uh, he got the community together and asked everybody simple question this is a problem that we all face can we do something about it and they started making small changes in not only in the way they crop they also made a water budget like mahesh was talking about they also got help from ngos in that area and we were working with one of such ngos the net result of this whole operation is that today after four years of continuous efforts and hard work that the entire village put together the village is tanker dependence free it does not need a tanker forget drinking water they do not need it for drinking water they do not need it 
for agriculture they are able to take crops all the way throughout the year because they have selected crops that are not uh, consuming that much water and these are decisions that the villagers have come together and made for themselves now other people other nearby villagers go to that village as a model village and see how they have transformed their entire village that is first village that i know of in the state of maharashtra india that pays for its electricity with the prize money that they got from the state government they actually put it in a bank account and said you know what we will pay for our electricity all farmers in india get their electricity for free right and for a very good reason that they need that to run their water pumps and things like that right on the fields but two facts remain one is that not many farmers have access to electricity even today and second even when they do have access to electricity and it's free it is intermittent what these farmers have shown is there might be hundreds of problems that we are talking about but if you put your mind to it there are organizations like save indian farmer that can work with you can motivate you can encourage you can support you but ultimately they have solved their own problem external people like save indian farmers or somebody else have helped them but they identified the problem and they have solved it in a way that is sustainable i am looking at their water table a water budget so every village that goes through this pani foundation exercise makes a water budget and the water budget talks about what crops they can take and the basic rules of engagement for example if the water stops flowing in the uh, offshoot of a river or a canal then you should not be using water pumps to kind of add more water to your fields you sh- should be conserving water with ccts deep ccts bunding uh, farm ponds there are so many different techniques that mahesh talked about and all those in totality help village any given village become independent of the water crisis okay and we are not talking about drinking water that's the real impact of what mahesh is talking about okay and to see that in uh, kind of uh, spending time with the villagers to see that in their eyes in their conversations is a very different kind of joy because we are talking about so many different problems today i also want your listeners to be aware of the solutions that actually work we have examples of those villages uh, that they can go and visit and other people now consider as model villages of what can happen when people put their mind to it that's what i wanted to highlight so no matter how dour a uh, condition is there always is a solution to that problem uh, is what i'm getting from all of this and i uh, it seems like a major chunk a major chunk of the issue is that people are not coming together but when they do that's when half the battle is won and that's when we can really make huge strides towards solving so many issues that are that people face globally um and so to me this is very inspiring and it personally motivates me to contribute in any way i can and help as many people as i can so going back to this topic of borewells so just as a recap borewells are devices designed to collect rainwater and they basically help you know farmers maintain and preserve the amount of water they have uh but i know in certain rural regions in india like we mentioned before drought is chronic and 
rain is a very unreliable variable in all of this. So in the future, has SIF considered implementing a sustainable solution um, that perhaps leverages some sort of technology um, and makes this entire system more reliable? So uh, bore wells are basically pipes drilled into the ground to draw water out from the water table, right? Uh, our techniques of borewell recharge uh, does the other way, meaning it, we have farm ponds or collection areas for uh, rainwater or other runaway water, and we take that through filtration mechanism, we put it back through the borewell pipes into the water table. So absolutely. So, I mean, when we talk about um, water conservation, it has to be a sustainable thing, meaning you can't just go in there, do one small thing and then uh, get out of there and say our job is done. But then the next year, again, the same issue is happening, right? So when, when we talk about sustainability, uh, I mean, there is abundance of water in some part of some parts of the, the village or the district or something, right? And the water tankers can actually be a solution, but it's not sustainable. I mean, it's expensive, it's ineffective or inefficient and uh, costly, and it, it won't last forever. So some of these techniques that we employ, like borewell recharge, that, that's a very sustainable mechanism. So once you do that every year, it will conserve about 1.5 million liters of water uh, on an average rainfall, right? So 1.5 million liters of water every year, and there is no other inputs required except to maintain that structure and uh, uh, which which they, they are well aware of. Even these other water conservation techniques that we use, these are all sustainable in nature, meaning once we go and uh, remove the silt from a pond, from a uh, from a water body that actually lasts for several years. Uh, and then we have to redo the same thing again. But if you deepen an uh, open well or if you deepen a canal, those things are sustainable, right? Meaning they, they, they once done, they, they will actually continue to yield the results they are supposed to. Um, when when we talk about technology, the uh, one thing I would really like to point out to you is we are starting a brand new project in um, uh, Harari district of Osmanabad, where we are engaging with a, a new partner. They actually have a very unique method. It's a patented method uh, of uh, uh, bore well recharge again. And this method is basically... Uh, yielding much better results and it's actually being done in a very scientific way so there is a uh, there is a team that goes in that will actually do the water mapping they will do the geological survey they will say um, if this farmer has a borewell versus the farmer uh, 500 feet away from them has another borewell which one is more effective if we recharge this one or if we recharge that one so those, those kind of scientific mapping they will do, and then they will select uh, the, the right set of beneficiaries or the, rather the right set of bore wells that if recharged will yield the best results. And then uh, they don't stop there. So they go back uh, every year or every few months and they will remeasure everything. 
so they will actually see what kind of water is being conserved they will see what kind of um, uh, basically not just the, the amount of the water but the quality of the water right so they will do measurements in that sense that uh, uh, what kind of uh, ph levels the water has what kind of uh, minerals the water ha water has is it soft water what is the hardness of the water so uh, that 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 is what we are investing in right so as when you said technology we we really felt that just going in and recharging bore wells is not enough but uh, it has to be done in a scientific and a proper manner and then uh, the second aspect of that is educating them saying that once you have now now once you have access to this water how do you use it how do you manage it what is the best way to make use of it so yeah we we are definitely thinking on those lines uh, bringing technology uh, to these people so that they have a sustainable means of water yeah that's definitely really cool and it's going to be super interesting to see the results of this new phase of project gel and yep. Personally, I look forward to, you know, following its progress. And I definitely think, you know, science and technology has a capability of radically changing the course of humanity and solving the biggest issues out there. So I'm super excited to see how all of this pans out. So now moving on to our final question, which is really directed for the audience. What change do you believe is needed to solve the farmer suicide issue and the world water crisis that is actually very deeply connected to it? Let me try answering that first. And Mahesh, uh, feel free to chime in. Uh, that's a pretty broad question. And uh, this question is what, frankly, Savinian farmers started with more than 10 years ago. Like, what can I do? There is an issue. I understand that first step is to acknowledge that there is an issue. The second is to see what can be done. And then third is to see how you can get involved. What can I do? And there are various people doing various things because people are at different stages of life. Some Our younger members, such as yourself, have taken initiative to spread awareness about it right from early age. And that is a big help. That is still a step in the right direction. Some of us have uh, started uh, focusing on sustainable agriculture and even understanding how that vegetable that I'm buying from a grocery store actually ends up in my house. How is that happening? Right? Most people are not aware how food is being produced, how it ends up in the grocery store before I can purchase it. So that awareness is a second part of it. Uh, but these are, in, in a way, passive involvements. Active involvement is you can volunteer for, if you are outside India, you can volunteer for an organization similar to Save Indian Farmers. Uh, we are one of the organizations, NGOs, not the only ones, but uh, we definitely encourage you to get involved. Once you are aware of the problem, then find out how you can make an impact. Find out the NGO that is working in that area. And it is not just true for India, by the way. Uh, I've met with people uh, who are working on similar water shortage issues for uh, farmers in California. Right? So the issues are there. And uh, I also know of a group uh, in Colombia that is working on similar issues. But the issues are there. The question is uh, the actions that lead to some positive change. Uh, volunteers are needed. People who have day jobs, people like people who have day jobs, 
are still volunteering their time to make a difference, to pick up a phone call. The world has come together and uh, many of our volunteers who are not on the ground still are able to pick up phone call and talk to farmers, talk to these NGOs and identify solutions that are working for them. We don't come to this problem as outside experts. We come to this problem as somebody who is willing to stand with the farmers. And that has been the biggest difference maker in my opinion. So I, I want to call upon every single listener uh, to your podcast uh, to actually seek out knowledge, to understand the issue. And then if you want more information, you can visit www.saveindianfarmers.org. We are a registered non-profit here in the U.S. And we work in, I think, more than 12 different states in India uh, with farmer issues, uh, water conservation being the biggest of the six initiatives that we have. So they can find out and identify how they can help and volunteer for such an NGO. They can also identify their own native place. Many of the Indians that I know of who are settled here in the U.S., uh, if you ask your parents, your grandparents, you will find out what native place in India you come from. And trust me, those places most likely will tell you what issues they are facing locally. Not every place in India is facing the same issue. right? So getting involved even at that level would be really productive in my opinion. Mahesh, what do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I one, I mean... You, you had a very specific question, how do we stop farmer suicides, right? So, and how how do we all as a community get involved in that? So, Save Indian Farmers, as Eamon said, is an option. But the most important thing, I think, is being aware. Being aware. So, uh, that that there is an issue. That there is, an, there is a challenge. That there is a problem. And that that problem is not somebody else's. That problem is going to... Directly or indirectly impact me uh, one of these days, and basically as a uh, responsible citizen of this community, I I owe it back to the society to actually do something about this issue, this problem. All the I mean, these farmers, especially the poor and marginal ones, they're not looking for any money. They just want hope. Right? They just want that somebody is there to help them, guide them, handhold them, uh, be with them in in uh, times of distress, and uh, be able to speak with them, counsel them. That that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for somebody to just give them money uh, every year or every other year, and then um, they'll forget about the issue, right? Or the issue will be gone. No, it's, it's basically all of us being aware about it, all of us being able to uh, work or volunteer for an organization like Save Indian Farmers or any, as Zeman said, there are many other organizations that do similar work. So if you can actually be aware of the situation, you get involved in some of this work and then you actually, uh, all you do is handhold them, right? Be there for them then we feel that at, at some point um, this issue would not exist. So as humans, setting aside all of our differences, setting aside you know where we come from, how we look, 
um, at a basic level, we need to be the support system for one another, and we need to be able to empower one another and build up one another to lead um, fulfilling and successful lives. Um, and you know, it's been so great talking with you. I have been able to learn so much, and I hope the audience as well has been able to you know take some major points out of this and. I just want to thank you so much for coming on this episode of One Drop at a Time. And it was super intriguing to discuss and learn about this aspect of the water crisis, which many people may not know about, and the intersection of two actually very connected issues um, and how, you know, this issue has kind of rooted from the world water crisis. And the repercussions of the water crisis are truly appalling, and it's going to undoubtedly take a united community to bring about the required change to improve the lives of these farmers and also the families who are so, so deeply impacted by this. So thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for our next episode of One Drop at a Time. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Karina. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Karina.